0: And welcome to the Dicer Screaming Podcast. Oh. oh. They got the mournful souls of the ones who were old, all the ones.
1: Oh.
0: All right. Hey, and welcome. I'm Randy. I have been alleged to be Mike.
1: I, I'm pretty sure they've got proof on it now, so I, I may be stuck with it. There's nothing I can do.
0: All right. So they got me
1: dead to rights.
0: No longer hours. allegedly Mike, now just Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah. Busted.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, and welcome. We're uh here out there in the middle of nowhere. Just kinda nobody around. The creepy wilderness of southwest Michigan. Yeah, just uh the streets are all deserted. What's <laughs> Oh no, it's another zombie apocalypse show. Oh no oh, Yeah. Well hey, you know what? Look, yeah, it's not like nobody else has
1: talked about it, but like we're not doing it because nobody's talked about it. We're doing it because we love it.
0: That's right, zombies. Frequency rare number appearing three to twenty four. Armor class eight. Movement six. Hit dice two. Percent in layer nil. Treasure type nil. Number of attacks one. Damage per attack one D eight. That's right. There's some magic resistance to see below, but the rest intelligence, non (laughs) alignment, neutral. Size medium.
1: They don't even care.
0: That's right. Zombies are slow, always striking last, but always doing one to eight hit points of damage when they hit. They always fight until destroyed, and nothing short of a cleric can turn them back. Sleep, charm, hold, and cold-based spells have no effect on zombies. Holy Water, wild score 2 to 8. Hit points of damage for each one the strikes. But, yeah, been in there in the gaming book for a long time, playbook of DMs. They don't check morale, they just keep attacking. (laughs) Not fast, but relentless. And in great numbers.
1: Yeah, not as much of a danger for parties with a higher level cleric. But, you know, in the early game, uh, a newly starting party could find themselves in deep, deep trouble uh, with a room full of zombies to move through.
0: And right, and rightly so. They're they're rare. They're listed that as their frequencies. And, but you wouldn't know it by today's standards, would you? Oh, no, you oh, can yeah. barely shake a stick without hitting a zombie these days. <laughs> of course, it's starting to die down a little bit, the zombie uh, rage. Being all the rage, your zombie movies—just a little, yeah. But it, you know what? It was a great time.
1: Uh, it hit the saturation point, I think. But it tells you something about what a cultural phenom this was—that it ex- it exploded outwards with such intensity and force over the last few decades. Yeah, I, I do think the contraction that has taken place just lately is because, honestly, I, it was riding this incredible high just a few years ago. Work. Like it was zombie everything all the time.
0: That's right. If We weren't having you a like zom-
1: zombies for breakfast.
0: Yeah, sure. Why not? It's terrific It's undeaderific with new brain flavored marshmallows. Mmm. Mm. <laughs> all right. So yeah, maybe not as appetizing as you originally thought, but
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you can expect no less from the disreputable sage of gaming podcasts. Hey, hey. Psst. You look like an adventure. You want old information? I got old info. You want new information? I got new information. Yeah. Oh, boy. Not especially trustworthy, but. You know, it's <laughs> <I>, what's available. <laughs>
0: there you go. It's what's available, and you got to make use of that. So, yeah, when you're talking about the zombie genre, the zombie apocalypse, all that. Um. It really starts with movies, and that's what we're going to cover. So it's our zombie movie night. So yeah, uh, yeah stay close to us, to the fire. Make sure your weapons are uh, cleaned and loaded, and uh, make sure you got a handy axe or melee weapon nearby. Capable yeah. of chopping them right in the head.
1: Plenty of oil. Uh, you know, maybe make a little circle of fire.
0: Uh, I have fire attracts man.
1: Oh wow, uh, you
0: know, they'll, they'll be coming. Yeah, don't 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 do. You know, good good lure though. Good lure. But uh yeah, stick with us and we'll get you through this. And um if not, well remember headshots. The television. thing is the thing is I don't have to be the fastest one, I just have to be faster than you. <laughs> so yeah, we're movies, man. Uh, well, I always shoot your friend in the kneecap. Well, I don't know if they're your friend if you shoot them in the kneecap, <laughs> but it's something to think about. So We're going to talk about uh, zombie movies, and yeah, that's probably something just like the zombie genre that's been overdone, but what we're going to try to do is give a little insight here into the gamer perspective of these, and so, yeah, we're going to talk about the top three uh, zombie movies. We're just going to talk about the most influential, and uh, number one, it's uh, Night of the Living Dead, and if it's not Night of the Living Dead, I'm sorry, we can't. We can't be friends because there's performatively better zombie movies, and it's far from being the first. And we'll talk about those in a minute. But
1: yeah, yeah, there. We acknowledge without reservation that there is a prehistory dating back all the way to the dawn of film. So the concept has been embedded for quite a while. Uh, but if we're looking for a moment that was a cultural touchstone, uh, a single particular event that. Sparked a larger uh, acknowledgement of this as a genre, uh, a genre defining moment. Then it's got to be George Romero.
0: I, yeah, The this? Night of the Living Dead with Dwayne Jones as the tight uh, is the hero, not the main character, but soon to be one. Yeah, and also talk about society in general. There's a slight little slap in the face of conventional society in this as well as the ending of the film and you know it was highly censored Uh, it could not be shown uh yeah one of those scenes of them just eating the guts of somebody um that would be very controversial to even have included it and people ask why would you want to so even why would you want to film that let alone show it to other people but this started uh big shift in how horror movies were made specifically what you could and could not show a lot of times like psycho what wasn't shown was implied and that was made all the more horrific but here was one where they said hey let's just go ahead and show what these things are and we really don't get a good example in night of the living dead what these things are you know there's some radio broadcasts yeah and...
1: honestly this was not <sighs> How do I put this? It, it was never intended to be a zombie movie. Uh, they, at the time that they were filming it, uh, Romero and the rest of them referred to them as ghouls. Great. Uh, they yeah, did not yeah. refer to them as zombies. But everybody else, upon seeing the movie, called them zombies. And you know what? Uh, Romero was like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, if that's what you want to call it.
0: Yeah, they shot it for what, about $60,000?
1: No, I believe it was more than that. Really? But,
0: uh, okay. Anyway, you know, I think like about something. Uh,
1: If I recall correctly, it was uh, Philadelphia, which was in a location near and dear to him. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so there on the outskirts they they found a house to do this in. At least they had limited amount of locale that they had to use to shoot. So, I mean, it was smartly done. But, you know, Romero did an awful lot with very little. And if you notice some of those crazy angles, you know, like were the the classic uh, director's ability to Uh, you know, create uh, nervousness, disorientation. Yeah, a a forced
0: perspective to achieve a certain type of mood.
1: I mean, he really did everything in his power to make a fun, scary movie uh, that was disconcerting and would shake people up a little bit uh, with as few resources as possible. So
0: let's talk about one of the things that uh, seems to pervade from that movie, the infection, the little girl that got bit. Yeah. And she just wasn't getting any better. She obviously needed to get to a hospital or something like that. And then it's revealed that the dead, those who have been bitten, become the dead. And that has pretty much stuck true. I can't find much more where the infection is passed on through a bite or injury prior to that. Now, I may be wrong. I mean... Obviously, I'm not digging into film archives. Yeah, if I'm digging to... into what's available to me on the interwebs, which makes us all uh, well, equally as stupid as one another.
1: I'll agree that, you know, like uh, historically, most of the movies, uh, once you had like the attack of the dead things, they just killed people and ate them, and then the survivors were... or the non-survivors were dead. They, they didn't become zombies most of the time. Uh, you know, there was a... An, twist in the way things were perceived at that point. Oh, that It's communicable. Zombiehood isn't just like, you know, oops, somebody raised the dead, and now it kills people. Oh, yeah. No. Now it generates more of its own.
0: And just like that original entry, they're not created through magic. Zombies just exist naturally, I guess. I mean, it doesn't say that these are only created through anime dead spell, does it? No, it doesn't. No. And that, that's something we will touch on in a, in a moment. we got all these things that we're putting pins in. So, oh, yeah. Well, let, let's uh, let's clear the uh, board a little bit then. Uh, let's talk about the early zombie movies. Now, we're just going to mention them by name because some of them are problematic, but uh, there are some things that we would like to bring up. i uh, I like to put in there, of course, one of the ones that everybody picks to is the pre-code white zombie movie in 1932. Victor Halperin's uh, work, which uh, featured Bella Lugosi as a white Haitian zo- voodoo master. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack with that, but
1: yeah, that's it's just like a giant pallet-sized crate of stuff to unpack. There's so much <laughs> that we can't, like, literally don't have the time.
0: Doctor Murder, that was his name.
1: <coughs> really? Oh, that was the best you could do. Oh, yeah, and if you think uh, you know, Rod Zombie is, uh, really, is unaware of this film, <laughs> you are kidding yourselves. Huh.
0: Right, and it, there's a lot of the zombie uh, tropes in here. A uh, woman being lured to become a zombie uh, slave into the tin mine all that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in that Much movie. Much of
1: the sensationalism that you would expect of the era.
0: Yeah, and then uh, it was followed by Revolt of the Zombies in nineteen thirty six, but uh, also there was Ghost Breakers, which you know <clears throat> deal with that Ghostbusters. Um, <clears throat>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: but yeah, dealt with zombies in a in pretty much the same way. In infection, uh, with non infection, a concoction is in, administered, and then King of the Zombies, nineteen forty one, uh, kind of more of the same. Another you know mysterious voodoo master. Raising the dead, or turning people into zombies, and this is the, the important thing: is that White Zombie uh, kind of pro- proposed that, yeah, the dead could be brought back to life. And uh, there's also I Walked with a Zombie, another cult classic, 1943, and Plague of the Zombies, Hammer horrors, stab at it, haha. let see what I did there, 1966, uh, which again features a voodoo master, uh, black ma- black magician and a uh, master of the voodoo.
1: Now, you know, this was the sensationalism era by then, in which, like, the late-night double feature uh, was a fairly regular Mm -hmm. thing in in popular cinema, where, you know, it'd be uh, mutant creatures that ate Detroit and, like, zombie movie double feature night, you know. Uh, And that would be what people went to see. So there was a market for these things and they existed. But could you really call it a genre? You know, when there's so many years apart between efforts to make a zombie-like film? uh, And And
0: the term zombie didn't mean what it does to us now, popularly. Back then it was kind of a mental condition, a state that could be through uh, potion or hypnotism. Yeah, not even true
1: death per se, but more like uh, you know the mind is taken over and the person is like has no will of their own but obeys the command. Uh, you know the the core concepts that we think of as zombieism today are very different from the stuff of those early movies. Uh, yeah, and we now, owe a little bit to... They owe a lot more to Romero's vision.
0: And Romero is also influenced by the EC comics of the day, the Tales of the Crypt.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: yeah you yeah, know, the, that started to solidify a little bit more of the supernatural era uh, or the aura surrounding the undead or uh, the play. We had vampires, and vampires were very popular in cinema oh, and, and popular fiction around Stoker's Dracula, obviously. But... Everybody kind of knew what a vampire was. But a zombie could mean different things to different people. And depending on who was telling the story and what their uh, spin on it was, it could always be something different. But nowadays, thanks to the movies, and this is why we go back to number one, Night of the Living Dead. Yes, there are better zombie movies. There are more modern ones. But this is the patient zero where (laughs) we can literally point to almost all fingers like the transmission through bites of whatever this is.
1: The shambling gate. Uh, the, like, you know, uh, the pursuit of the flesh of the living, you know, like devouring those who are alive. Uh, not just quarreling with each other and eating each other, you know, but for whatever reason, the the zombie is dead and wants to eat the living. Uh, you know, these were all ingredients in what we now think of as the modern zombie which uh, you know the, you'll notice there there are no like modern zombie flicks where zombies just have no desire whatsoever to eat people
0: yeah now they are completely but, cannibalistic it's whether it's brains or it's organs they're yeah. going for it all
1: and that's <laughs> that's uniform now that uniform code of zombie
0: Mmm. yeah you can't break that code so all right, let's since we talked about the other stuff, uh, the older ones, movies, and the comics. Uh, let's go to number two, and uh, I'm gonna throw out this one hard, Reanimator. Now, yeah, I know it's an H.P. Lovecraft story, and it differs a lot. The Reanimator movie, *Sewer Gordon's Reanimator is 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 it is not for the faint of heart. Um, but it is really another part of the zombie genre where. It, Thing, a lot of people saw this movie, specifically filmmakers, and they, it changed a lot on how things worked. And this was a serum, that much is true, that could restore vigor back to dead flesh. <laughs> and it wasn't pleasant when it came back.
1: Yeah, it, it came back wrong.
0: It's always wrong now. Yeah. It's, so. Now, I'm
1: letting them have this one. I have a different number, two.
0: All right, this yeah, is so we're going to. We
1: actually differed, but like uh, the Reanimator, I still agree that it's incredibly important. It okay. was a cult classic. Uh, it did not go over well overall with like the, the general public. It didn't garner the attention I think that it probably should have. Being
0: attacked by a naked corpse and possibly one of the most graphic necrophilic scenes I've ever yeah. had the displeasure of witnessing. It's an uncomfortable movie to watch.
1: Yeah, so, you know, this obviously did not like, cross that threshold and become a super popular movie. Uh, but its influence is important to mention. So, uh, in terms of being truly horrific and a, you know, like, zombification, you know, like, rise of the living dead type of thing, I, you know, it's a good choice.
0: Well, I'm going to make a brief segue on here, not the kind you write around on Mall Cops with, but uh, I'm going to mention that the H.P. Lovecraft story was, uh, was something he wrote more or less against his will not that he was forced through contrivance but just like through a paycheck. Yeah. He wrote this as kind of his as a do something like Frankenstein and this is what he come up with.
1: Herbert West Reanimator.
0: Yeah. And the story itself is pretty I still think pretty good. Uh it stands up today. Yeah. He did a he did a you know workman type job on it even if he felt it was not particularly uninspired. I would say, "Hey, Of all of his stories, I think this was one of his that um, wasn't Cthulhu, but it did touch upon the appropriate existential dread that he laced his stories with. So, yeah, what's your number two, bud?
1: Well, since my measurement for what was important to cover in this was the scale, like the impact and reach of a particular thing. Uh, You know, how many people did it get to, how much was it entrenched in the public mind? So for me, the number two was the Resident Evil series. Okay, The transition out of video game, uh, which you have this thing that had a nerd appeal in a game. And then it made the jump to a very, very initially successful movie. Uh, You know, blockbuster, actually. That then moved into franchise mode. Mm. Uh, And this was like the next step after like the Romero franchise, which, I mean, his zombie movie franchise thing, I mean, it really set the benchmark, Uh, you know, successfully making movie after movie with a very similar theme. And I I understand that Mr. Romero resented it being pigeonholed a little bit. You know, he didn't get to do all of the creative things he would have liked. People thought of him as the zombie guy.
0: Well, same with Toby Hooper.
1: Yeah. You know, could not be helped. Uh, But in the case of Resident Evil... You have a, you know, (laughs) the uh, Umbrella Corporation with their lab underneath Raccoon City. Uh, And something has gone horribly wrong. Uh, And it's an infection, once again, following the traditional, like, the Romero-esque. It is a thing that can be passed from, you know, bite or harm inflicted by zombie on living person. And then, if you manage to not be completely devoured, you become yet another zombie capable of infecting somebody else. Uh, worth noting, it's in Resident Evil, they get a little bit faster. You know. <laughs>
0: not, yeah,
1: yeah. Not quite as slow as the, uh, uh, the Romero
0: zombies. Yeah, we're going to do one more movie apiece and see where we're at on that one, and then uh, we'll talk about the evolution of the zombie character Oh,
1: yeah, we will be doing honorable mentions, because... We're not kidding here. There is so much material that we cannot possibly in an episode <laughs> cover at all.
0: There's a lot of meat on the bone on the zombie genre. <laughs> yeah. mm, okay.
1: Not as much by the time we're done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, <clears throat> we'd have to have brains for them to come after us. We don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the... why
0: we're survivors.
1: <laughs> exactly. We're... No, no zombie has ever caught me. I have nothing they want. Now, um... They recognized me as one of their own.
0: Since I went first on number two, why don't you go number three? What, what would be your third big zombie movie?
1: Uh, it's not a zombie movie. Uh, it is more of the televised franchise The Walking Dead. That, okay. if I were going to, like, be limited just to three things that I consider had the biggest impact, the most recent and final one that I would enter would be The Walking Dead series. Which, admittedly, uh... I was a huge fan of the first two, three seasons and then dropped off. But, fake man. Fake
0: fan. Yeah, sorry. Not
1: not a real fan because I didn't stick with it no matter what. Right. Uh, I loved the enormous popularity of the series and I loved that it had brought the genre kind of into the mainstream. It was, the Walking Dead series was to the zombie genre what. Game of Thrones was to the fantasy genre. People came out of the woodwork uh, just to see something that was outside their usual viewing type. And that kind of a genre breaker there, where it deserves mention. I mean, that... Yeah, the season with the annoying. governor,
0: I mean, if you had to... You're pretty spot on. If you really had to say, like, what is the quintessential villain out of that entire thing? Well, Negan. But to get to Negan, that's like six, season 6, 7. The, the, the Saviors. But... When you come also full circle to several characters, like Rick, uh, and some of the peripheral characters that passed away, yeah, four seasons with the Governor. I don't know if we could really get past any of that. So yeah, I agree that if you watch about the first four seasons ending with the Governor, yeah, that's a good place to leave off on Walking Dead.
1: Yeah, I and remember the scale was not based on personal favorites. Uh, for me, it was, you know, not about who was the highest quality or who was the, the you know, like best production values. It was the scale of the event. Okay, uh, how big of a reach did this have? And it when I throw like the entire works of Romero, uh, the Resident Evil. Uh, franchise, and then the indisputable recent phenomena of The Walking Dead, you wind up with a thing that covers uh, the era of film, uh, comic books, uh, video games, movies, television, like the three of those, it's like a 50-year journey of like major entertainment events. Uh, so, yeah, it I like all of them. Uh, If I hated them, I I might have been swayed to not include them. Uh, (laughs) But uh, they are not my absolute most admired products. They're just the ones I felt had the most impact, like meteor strikes, compared to little magnificent uh, Starfall moments.
0: Yeah, I guess if I had to go with number three, it would be Return of the Living Dead, because not just the punk soundtrack, but... Just the sheer absurdity of it all. It didn't even try to be halfway serious about this. They were. They had just, fun. Well, it was also very dark, and I Not mean, well, the, the, sure. absolutely. Um, yeah, it, save the last bullets for yourself, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, completely dark. Uh, it's definitely a. Dark humor, nihilistic view of the genre, and it's definitely a big take on it. And It has very little to do with Romero other than the basic name. But um, I guess we had to start getting off into the tangents here about honorable mentions. Uh,
1: yeah, we wanted to save ourselves plenty of time to cover some of the extra stuff, as promised, because there's so much that was great, it didn't have as much impact, but it was a lot of fun to watch.
0: Well, let's take some time out right now and uh, do a portent for oh, what's upcoming.
1: The Ornithomancer.
0: Oh, yes, looking at the blocks of birds.
1: Yes, now. yes, divination by bird. That's what I'm up to now, because the the sheep entrails were just way too messy. Uh, the Oneromancy requires a person who can get more sleep than I often get. Uh, so, um. <laughs> If I seem a little hilarious, oh, trust me, I came by it honestly. Uh. <laughs> um, now, in the Divination by Flocks of Birds, I have seen, in our near future, spooky monsters. In keeping with our wonderful spooktober tradition, uh, we return to the topic of spooky monsters in d uh, including some, some ones we may not have had a chance to riff on in uh, a it was quite a while back we had a Spooky Monsters of D&D Halloween. Yep, Halloween and we so. went with the big classics on that occasion. This time we're going to cover some stuff we didn't really touch on then, but which are equally valid and wonderful tools for any DM who wishes a spooky, creepy encounter.
0: Yeah, and so we're going to jump right onto that and maybe even include some other games. Like, Yeah. We're going to be looking at the classical... Uh, the classic of Call of Cthulhu and some of its creepy monsters. Oh, well, it's all creepy monsters. We're going to yeah. be looking one with a little bit more ties when I bring that in. one. So, yeah, be prepared for a, a wide and diverse range of some of the monsters of games.
1: Which, totally worth our time. Ah, because, well, tis the season. Yeah. It's the best way to spend in October. I love, <coughs> love this season for podcasts.
0: Yeah, so... um we also wanted to talk about the evolution of the zombie as we close this on before we get to honorable mentions. Yeah, it seems like zombies at first kind of started out as mindless, uh, destruction-bent uh, creations or shambling husks of rotting carcasses coming after you. And that's kind of scary. But recently, they've gotten kind of fast. It's like the type, if you don't do a cardio three times a day, you're screwed.
1: Yeah. 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 Type
0: of fast. Oh. And you did see this in Return of the Living Dead. That the zombies there just weren't no uh, sacks of meat. They were running right at you. So, yeah, that's a thing that, that they came out in the genre. And you can trace to certain couple points here and there, but it's not that big of a deal. But uh, when you do find it, and when you can point it out, you definitely start seeing that that. Didn't quite caught on, and so there's kind of a divide between the two. There's the fast zombie, and then there's the slow zombie. And sometimes people who are very classical adherents to the archetype of the zombie don't want fast zombies, and they're zombie movies. And people who are kind of into the new blood, I would say, like their zombies really, really fast because they got to be ultra scary because they're just slow, they're just not fast enough. And I'm yeah. kind of like, hey, you know what? We can have both at the same time.
1: Oh yeah, there's plenty of room in this genre for both visions of zombiness. You know, like there's no absolute dogma, and I don't think there should be. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed them long enough uh, as a form of entertainment that I've seen both types, and I I cannot bring myself to really pick a side. I just kind of wait to see. All right, what's the directorial vision on this? What's the what are the creatives into? Uh, I. I don't want to start mentioning stuff by name until we properly.
0: Separate. Well, right. We just wanted to but, mention the evolution but, of the zombie as yeah, how it's kind of divided the, communi- yeah, the community. Yeah, community a little bit. It's and-
1: branched out. There are wider visions, including uh, intelligence, which has also begun fairly recently to creep its way into the zombie genre. The idea of, you know, like zombies starting to develop something slightly more than the most rudimentary of impulses. Uh, and yeah, that's in rarefied circumstances. You don't see a lot of that, but it's, it's there. So, uh, owed partly to the enormous popularity of the zombie genre, you've started to see it branch off in a lot of different directions. Not entirely dissimilar to what happened with uh, hard rock and heavy metal. You know, like once the you know barriers got kicked down in like 67 to 71 you know once the door was open it rapidly fragmented into this you know, like really wide variety of other subgenres and much the same is true of the the zombie genre now it it's really opened the door for a lot of other people with very creative ideas and i'm happy about it not disappointed at all i've, I've seen some great new spins and we'll cover those
0: Right, well, yeah, right now, because we cleared the board of the pins, and so now, having done that, now we're going to talk about honorable mentions, and uh, what we want to do here is just kind of ramble on incoherently about certain types of zombie movies that may or may not be your favorite, and hey, if you do have some favorites, please let us know on the podcast. You can, of course, call in, let us know, or uh, send us a little message on our Facebook group page on the Dicer Screen let us know there, but anyway, back at it, getting to the honorable mentions, I um, we kind of started this with a, a disparate agreement on the very first one being Night of the Living Dead oh, as being yeah. the most important, because, not because it was the first, because it wasn't technically the first, but it was the most defining moment in this whole thing. Um, yeah,
1: as a cult hit and phenomenon, uh, you know, there is a movie had such an impact on other people who were creative that how could we not love it and uh, reference it it has to be mentioned 1968 the genre goes from being like a tiny little weird subgenre that almost nobody knows about or cares about and you just munch your popcorn at the Saturday night double feature and it, it meant nothing and then after Romero it's a genre
0: yeah, so many people have seen that movie. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: when it first came out and passed it word of mouth that it like it had to, it was something to be experienced and it literally became a cult hit. Literally, within the first uh, after it left screens, it was immediately sought after and college campuses were notorious for showing it over and over again <laughs> uh, throughout the genre. But yeah, let's talk about some of the other ones that made a mark or may have made a stink. So why don't you go first, Mike? Why don't you uh, pull the trigger? All right, shoot out a couple of those.
1: I'm going to start with one of my personal off-brand B-grade favorites. Hmm. Dead alive.
0: Oh yeah, hell
1: yeah. Yeah, some like weird, you know, like Sumatran rat with, you know, baby. It bites a person and that person turns into a zombie and the person that they infect turn into zombies. Uh, and, obviously, this was a mixture of slapstick comedy, uh, you know, zombie horror, uh, splatter, gross fest, uh, <laughs> you know, very, very contrived in the classic B-movie fashion. But it included a particular scene that I consider one of the great cleric moments of all time, which was the local priest fighting off zombies, uh, And for whatever reason, the priest happens to be a martial artist. Uh,
0: (laughs) Because that's a thing.
1: And as he launches into battle to protect people from the zombies, he says, I kick ass for the Lord. Uh, And indeed, he does. He kicks a lot of zombie ass. But at last, he is defeated. Uh, This movie also included the wonderful notion of a guy fighting off a bunch of zombies, wielding... A lawnmower, yes, mm-hmm. a, a you know push mower lawnmower, being swung about uh, and chopping up zombie after zombie. So <laughs> uh, for pure comic value and for like maximum splatter,
0: just a and pers- just making lawnmowing a lot much more fun when you imagine that you're mowing over zombies.
1: Exactly, uh, totally. Worth the price of entry, which is, (laughs) Uh, I got plenty of bang for my buck out of that one. Uh, And while I know perfectly well that it's not the best or the best known or uh, the most influential, no, it's just one I loved. So I I had to throw it in here. Uh, All right, what would be another one
0: you? No, 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 no. I want to hear another one from you. (sighs) All right. Then my number two
1: is going to be 28 Days Later. Which I loved. It was a redefinition of the genre. It it went for instead of being dead. No, not just twenty-eight days. Or uh, yeah, twenty-eight days later.
0: Oh yeah, twenty-eight days. Okay, yeah. Then there's twenty-eight weeks later. Exactly. Yeah. There there you go. The core concept
1: was that it was you know people infected with rage. They were alive and yet they were down to their craziest impulses for violence. That's all they had left in them. You know, kill and eat. Kill and eat. Ah. and you know, as soon as the sun went down, or you know, they were uh, well, they were at rest when there was nothing there to stimulate them. If there was no food around, they just hunkered down and waited. Uh, and as soon as something or someone stirred, boom, they were after them like crazy, just ah, charging horde. Uh, so you had the the fast zombie notion. Uh, you had the living zombie notion, like they're not dead, but they are infected. And any contact with them could infect you. Uh, and then, third, uh, the big spin was that uh, the protagonist in it, you know, you were left with that question at the end. Well, not left with the question, but uh, you were put through a period where you wondered if he had, in fact, been infected. Uh, and what it was was this very nice bicycle delivery guy has mm. finally been driven to the edge uh, by the cruelty of uninfected humans. Uh, that, like, he brutally Shame. murders, you know, some of these guys, and he's not afflicted with rage chemically. I mean, he's not—he's not actually one of the infected. He is just exhausted and terrified and angry and you know, trying to protect people he cares about who have like stood side by side with him against people who are obviously exploiting and abusing them. And, you know, there's a wonderful lesson there about the nature of rage that I I think was just a little bonus feature in that movie. So, yeah, that would be my second big personal favorite, uh, much more high-minded than the B-grade movie, which I just enjoy because it's fun.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to number mine. I just I'm just going to throw them out there. Zombie Land for me. Uh Yeah, I know some people like uh, Shaun of the Dead. I don't. I mean, uh, at a certain a serial level I enjoyed it, but yeah, just not my thing. I think that uh Zombie Land uh, just it tickled my funny bone the right way. Oh, very. And uh, that's a
1: good one to like. Zombie Land was, I mean, again, it, it's like it's homaging the genre properly. It loves it. It. You, yeah, you it was it breaking it a lot genre. of the
0: fourth wall. Where I felt like yeah. Shaun of the Dead was just... I don't know. It was kind of chuckle-headed. <laughs> anyway, I mean, well, fair it's, enough. It's I mean, I can't... Simon Pegg production. Right, yeah. You're,
1: you're not wrong, dude. I mean, they, they, it is very tongue-in-cheek silly.
0: And another fu- a funny one, if you get to see it, is Little Monsters. Not the one with Fred Savage. The one in 2019. And I'll just summarize it like this. It's this... Uh, Pre, our kindergarten teacher taking her students to a, a little day camp that is ground zero, right next to ground zero for a zombie infection outbreak in a military base. And you can imagine what happens. Just look up the trailer... On YouTube, you won't be disappointed. (laughs) This poor, poor woman does everything in her power to keep the innocence on her students until the very last moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like a kindergarten, elementary school class of kids. And she's their caretaker, and she's just doing everything she can to A, keep them all alive and safe, and to B, maintain the pretense that this is not an actual zombie attack. It's all part of a show. Nobody needs to be afraid. Nobody needs to worry. As she cleaves... Follow me and move to like, move over here, and we're gonna wait this out. And, and as it evolves, she becomes mondo zombie killing badass, and it is a slow boil to perfection.
0: I, yeah, no, yeah, they have military wep- grade weapons, but she doesn't use them. She just uses ordinary <laughs> farm and uh, gardening implements to absolute gruesome effect, and that is the absurdity. Surrounded by all this, she chooses. Shovel? Okay. Yeah, I mean,
1: she knows what to do with it. I mean, obviously, it worked out well for her. Bang!
0: So much. More. But it's funny and it's absurd, but that is the whole part of <laughs> why that movie is so true to the genre because it contains the edge of nihilism and, and I, a wonderful sense of humor. Oh. Right. You know, you can only look at some people try to analyze the zombie genre, I think. A little too deeply, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh we're all afraid of death. Well who isn't afraid of death? No. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's a great boy, mystery,
1: but let's not cast that net too wide.
0: <laughs> and yeah, there's an American obsession for the with you...
1: thanks for the thanks for the big picture there, Freud.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, as Americans as a culture we look at our health, you know, if we eat more kale, you'll live longer. <laughs> I... Oh well then I choose death. <laughs> and bacon. There you go. And so, yeah, the Grim Reaper is going to find us all, but what is the the greater meaning of it all? Well, these movies, you know what? Hey, when movies don't have a great... Kale could save your life. Not if I shoot
1: that sob first.
0: Whatever you have... God damn it. <laughs> whatever you have as an instance to delve into the genre, if you come there with a pretentious attitude... No man. Zombies don't rack up. How could they stay in The Walking Dead alone? All the initial ones that hit, their lig- um, ligaments would be unhinged from their body in six months. That's just the nature of decay.
1: Yeah, fascinating. That was a feature that I did like about 28 days later, which is because they were living. Uh, yeah, they weren't. Eventually, decaying. they wore down. I mean, no food. You know, uh, they ran out of other people to eat. Uh, they don't have the brains to open a can. Uh, you know.
0: Yeah, they don't uh, have any type of motor or memory skill. motor Memory of motor skills to replicate any type of activity that would sustain them. Other so yeah, than just like four attacking. weeks
1: later, there they are, uh, you know, collapsed. They have nothing, they have no energy left. They're basically skeletons. Uh, you know, with a little bit of skin left on them. Feebly lying there, wishing that they could get up and bite somebody, but they can't. I, very different spin on the zombie concept. So, yeah, I, you're right. That is yet another facet.
0: Yeah, you, you know, you can only take the absurdities to, to a, a certain level and then afterwards it's just not it's not a sustainable story, but however it's a fascinating genre. And it's spawned, as Mike has said, you know, of numer- uh, numerous video games. Now we have the Leopard Dead franchise, which we haven't seen too much of lately. But yeah, yeah if you remember that one, that was quite the uh, thing. There's a couple new games too that are out uh, that feature zombie and horror, fe- uh, zombie monsters and horror features. Uh, you won't uh, see the the next day, or you won't see tomorrow. That's it. I think it is <laughs> uh, coming out. Been watching a lot of uh, Twitch streams of that. Very funny one from our good friend, Abby. She really got her uh, whole party killed. Oh. Did it unintentionally. There was this corpse sitting on a uh, on, a, on a, um, a slab, and she said, yeah, jump up there and look at it. You can jump up there? Yeah. And so l- look at it. Look at the face. It doesn't look familiar, and so they're all up there jumping up and down on the slab trying to get a closer view from first person, and she slowly slips away and turns on an electrical switch and electrocutes them all.
1: Wow. Is this an evil party campaign?
0: No, no, no. This was uh, what, uh, that uh, you won't live to see tomorrow. <laughs> How she got them and, you know, she's just <laughs> running away from them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, go Abs. Oh man, Yeah, go, yeah good old Abby. Oh, man. She is my, she is my hero of the year.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, they were being chased around by zombies and stuff in that one. So it was just basically they had time to goof off. Um... <clears throat>
1: I had a final honorable mention. Alright, go ahead. Um, I Am Legend,
0: uh, which... Yeah, you know, it's been like three or four times in the movies. Uh, one with Kurt, uh, Charlton Heston in the 70s, and then uh, the recent one with Will Smith, and then going all the way back to Last Man on Earth on uh, with Vincent Price.
1: Yeah. Uh, these are, you know, repetitive themes, uh, but I, I Am Legend introduced to us the concept of the zombie evolving in mid-movie. You know, not uh, the conventional, it has no brains whatsoever, and that's it. Uh, In this case, uh, these infected undead, some of the higher functioning parts of the brain were starting to kick back to life, and the zombies had a leader, quote-unquote, that, you know, was like their the boss zombie that was a little bit of a shift of concept to me and I, I saw that and I was like interesting you know yeah. smart zombies okay this like the game just got real because when you were just effectively chumming the water and like shooting sharks uh that was one thing but zombies that can trap you hey okay we're on new ground here I like that huh? So, yeah the Will Smith version uh, I particularly liked it was uh, yeah they were
0: more like vampires and I think that was also the one in Charlton Heston that, uh, pretty sure they were they, they were powerless during the day but extremely um Will Smith they were still kind of uh, mindless for the most part I think yes. in that one but uh, the Charlton were, Heston one that you actually had long conversations with them they yeah they had totally changed their ethos once infected so, yeah, that was uh, one. And, of course, uh, Vincent Price is the last man on Earth. So, yeah, you know, uh, the genre has a lot of different phases that it's went through. And you can trace back to the proto-roots. I think you're kind of looking at the Ur-Zombie. Can I use Ur-Zombie? Ooh. Without being like Ur-Zombie. No, 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 I mean Ur-Zombie. Yeah. Ur. The ancient city. Ur. Ur. Yeah,
1: it's Or. Right. Protein,
0: Yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, But if I can say that, I mean, I can also say that you have failed your saving throw versus distraction and have found yourself under the gaze of the Arcane Eye, once again, forcing you to look at independent projects throughout the interwebs in gaming nerdospheres that we inhabit. Oh, what the Arcane Eye, what sights it has to show you today.
1: So what does the Arcane Eye shine upon today? Where where does it gaze
0: what sights does it have for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it Gentleman's War, a Kickstarter coming up, and this particular item is a rather attractive card game. Uh, it takes place in the Varian Gate Online universe, and it is, as the Gentleman's War says, a game where you should be constantly stealing, lying, and cheating to win. So, it supports from two to ten players, which is of course, a very good amount. I mean, the more players you get in, obviously, the more trickery and uh, backstabbing you can do. But there is assassination attempts all through it.
1: Oh, yeah, the ultimate screw your neighbor and anything
0: goes. I just So it's also very quick and easy. It's a non-collectible game. It's... Oh, yeah,
1: none of that CCG nonsense. This is like get it and play it
0: yep and they encourage you right in the on the Kickstarter to cheat and lie to your friends, your mom, your kids, your grandma. Don't <laughs> worry, they don't judge, and neither will we. So <laughs> your Picard card collectors it is a it is a complex, a unique deck where every single card is illustrated and making it beautiful to play with and show off, so every card is unique in that deck. You'd say, well, hey, the same thing applies to poker, and you would be right,
1: yes. Uh, Although poker cards are not usually so beautifully illuminated.
0: Yep. So for those of you who don't know about Viridian Gate Online, it's an expanded uh, universe of books. They've got sort of over 20, and it contains many of those. The Viridian Gate is basically a shared universe where people are escaping from the real world into a fantasy online game inhabited by some of the same characters that you wanted to escape with from here. Them this world, so yeah. So, nonetheless, it uses standard poker, uh, hearts and clubs.
1: Oh, but, yeah, it's got the traditional suits, uh, of course, very different, uh, and <laughs> considerably more graphic art, uh, not just, uh, you know, poker knockoffs,
0: right? And it's very easy to play, they show you right off the bat, it's very beautifully illustrated. It's, uh, Primarily, it's from James Hunter, who is was an American fantasy writer. Of course, a number of books from the Virgin uh, Gate Online. He's an American fantasy writer, a member of the SFWA Science Fiction Writers Association, and the best selling author of Rogue Dungeon, Bibliomancer, Shadowcroft Academy, and the Yancey Lazarus series. And he is a former Marine Corps sergeant, combat veteran, and pirate hunter. Seriously. And he's also a member of the Royal Order of the Shellback. Well, hey, that puts him in pretty close standing with me most of the time. At least we share some of those. Uh, and then there's DJ Bowden, who is also the CEO of the startup. And uh, he definitely has been every content he claims up up to, an, but not Antarctica.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> quite, the, quite the set of travelers. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, these guys are, are pretty fun fellows to get along with. Uh, they were very friendly to me getting us information to us and we wanted to share it with you. So here at the Arc <clears> or <throat> the Dice of Screaming where we come under the sway of the Arcane Eye and so do you. You pay all your savings over as a distraction. So here we are. Being distracted with new and unique video and comic book and board as well as role playing games. Independent and stuff to pick up. Check out their Kickstarter. It's still active. You can get on board on it and get yourself a nice fun deck. It's fun to play and they're still short of their goal, but there's plenty of time to go. So get yourself out there and get a, a deck of cards going because this really looks like a fun game to play between sessions. Any of you are waiting for somebody to show up. All right. All well, right. But now I, I the duration of the arcane eye succeeds and. Move. I won't. I won't. So yeah, so uh, anyway, we're talking about zombies. And uh, yeah, we, there's a lot of movies out there to enjoy in the spooky season. And I don't think. That Halloween has ever been the same after the genre, the zombie genre has run its full course. I mean, it has, all my life it's been there, because I was born in 68. Boy, I'm old. And yet, the zombie has kind of always been sort of overlooked, much like the entry in that horror monster manual, where it's like, what?
1: Yeah, it wasn't taken seriously. It wasn't for a long time. It was yeah, just for viewed a long time. as a... A minor subgenre of horror then,
0: gore, oh, isn't that gore, shock. Yeah,
1: you know. And I honestly, if you had told me back when I was watching, uh, you know, Return of the Night of the Living Dead, uh, you know, nineteen eighty-seven, I think it was mm-hmm. uh, when I saw that back then, if you told me that this was going to be like the major sensation of like the two thousand ten to two thousand twenty zone, like that this. This is just going to take over television, man. It's going to be all over cable. Uh, You know, movies or like homage movies to the zombie genre are going to be like in vogue. Uh, Experimental, more art house like zombie movies are going to be all over the place. It's going to occupy multiple major series. I I would never have believed you in 87 that that was going to be the Mm -hmm. thing everybody went for. I expected it to stay a niche. So we gotta give our like hats off, uh, hats off, and brains <coughs> of out, what little we have, Uh-oh. to the zombie flick. That's what this was about. Uh, yeah, during say, spooky
0: season, it's m- m- no more perfect time exists. i to talk about the impact of the humble zombie, I, only of two hit dice <laughs> and of low, easily hittable armor class, <laughs> re- but encountered in great numbers and relentless in yeah. their pursuit.
1: Oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> Large number of zombies in a closed area, with yeah. a monolinear mission that uh, you know we have to get over there. Uh, can we can we do the Resident Evil thing and climb over the you know, like the the pipes and like work our way along a ledge and <laughs> while they're just milling around down there? Ah.
0: Yeah, well, don't, don't <laughs>
1: fall down. That's a great moment for the rogue to go. Hey, wow. <laughs> ah. huh be a terrible place to miss a step, wouldn't it? Shove.
0: <laughs> yeah, and no, I don't have to worry about falling. Oh, well. <laughs> what if I take you with me? Grab. All right. So, yeah, I think we've beaten the zombie genre to death. And I think it still has some life left in it. And, hey. It's because we be- didn't
1: get it in the head.
0: I got finally a first wrong. chance to play Zombicide with my group, Board Game Night, on uh, last week. So, definitely much still much life left in the old zombie genre. Get yourself out there and get a... Uh,
1: Remember the zombies in the mall game, like the escape the mall game we played. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, the zombie. There's game.
0: zombie dice too, which is.
1: Yeah. It's all over the gamosphere, you know, as well as popular culture. Yeah,
0: so. grab it. if you if you and don't want anything too large to play, zombie dice is your great go-to game.
1: And I I gotta throw it in. This is like my closer. Uh, I would be totally remiss, ding ding, ding ding, if I didn't mention. Give Me the Brain by Cheap Ass Games. Oh, yeah. Give Me the Brain, ah, where you're zombies who work in a fast food restaurant
0: in the underworld.
1: And you're in possession of only one actual brain, which will enable whomsoever possesses the brain at the end of their shift to go out and have a nice weekend. And so you want to be the one in possession of the brain
0: at the end of the game. Uh, simple, like
1: quick little paper handout cards. Uh, well, really, it
0: has a, partly uh, James Ernest and cheap-ass game. I finally... They, they did make more yep.
1: fancy versions of it because they can now. And bless them for doing it. I 100% <laughs> approve, but fun, fast, and ridiculously silly. So...
0: All right, well... Thanks for listening to our podcast. I think that'll do it for us. We've definitely tied a knot in the old zombie genre and brung it full circle. Yeah, it's got a lot of importance in the gaming as well as our popular culture. But uh, more importantly, uh, the best way I feel to enjoy the zombie genre is not just in comics or popular media, but in gaming. And so we've given you hopefully a few ideas at the end here what to do. Check it out. Uh, Let us know what your favorite zombie films or games are. Or even if you something we did, missed here that you felt like a comic or other uh, literary format. I mean, I'm willing to always step back and say, hey, I didn't know about that. Or, oh, I knew about that and forgot it. We always love to hear from folks so just let us know. Yeah. Of course, we can get all of this and all the normal haunts. But as we're going to cut it short here and hopefully get out of here before the zombies show up, we'll bid you adieu. So until next week. May the dice always roll in your favor. We're out. See ya.